Welcome to the Selling Without Sleeves podcast with me, Sarah Jolly Jarvis. I'm here to share with you real life stories from high performing salespeople and business owners, as well as my own insights and learnings around what's working well right now in the sales world, telling things like it is without the sleeves. Hello and welcome to today's podcast. I am your host, Sarah Jolly Jarvis, and I'm here today to talk to you about sales being a two-way process. So, you know, when you embark on a sales call with somebody, straight away you're wanting to make an impression, a positive impression. You're wanting to get that person um, into a position where they want to buy from you. You want to convince them that, you know, you are providing the solution to their needs. Now, the thing is here that you can get so focused on the customer that you actually forget to think and sense check actually do I want to work with this person now we've all been there where we've not been convinced about somebody um but we thought you know what particularly in the early days when you need the money you're like well I'll take them on I'm sure it'll be all right how many times has that actually worked out? How many times have they actually not turned into a nightmare customer? Those early warning signs, that little feeling in your stomach, that thought that you can't really find pinpoint onto anything or find a justification for, um, tend to be really accurate. Uh, so, <laughs> so listen to it. Uh, you know, in the beginning, I totally get it. You know, I've been there where you've wanted the money, you've wanted to generate that income. Um, and so you've thought, you know, well, it's worth a try. Uh, let's just, you know, give it a whirl um, and they might come right. And sometimes they do, but more often than not, they don't. And the reason for that is, is that it's just not a good fit. If you think about it as dating, I've talked around sales and dating before and the similarities between it. It's the start of a relationship. It's the building of a relationship. And so thinking about people that you've gone on dates with who you know in the early days you you were sort of willing to to put up with a few little quirks and things like that over time you just get a bit over it and you're just a bit like actually if you don't tick this box I'd rather not bother waste my time and the same can be said for when you are looking at potential customers so in the early days you tend to be less picky you tend to just want get to get customers through the door and that's totally understandable but as time goes on and what a lot of my clients are finding now is is that they're getting that revenue up it's not squeaky bum time every month where they're really worried about actually am I going to be able to cover my bills and so you begin to think actually what do I want from my business? Uh, who do I enjoy working with? Um, and who do I want to avoid? And you do start to turn down people um, or, you know, stop relationships when you get into a position where it's just too much and it's not working out. How do you go about that? What do you do about that? Well, it, you know, it starts in the sales process and it starts with your mindset going into a sales conversation, particularly if you're providing a service or you're going to be working alongside this person on a long term basis. So your sales aren't transactional. Um, you know, this is a long term relationship that you are looking at building. Um, do you want a long term relationship with this person? Now, I'm not telling you you need to go on holiday with them. I'm not telling you that, you know, they need to become your best friend. Um, it's actually a lot healthier if they don't. But what you do need to, to determine is, you know, how, where, how comfortable am I around this person? How much do I like them? How much do I trust them? You know, where, where's their moral compass at? Um, where's their level of integrity versus where I'm at and I would say you know you want to be reasonably aligned on those things you don't want to end up working with somebody who 
you aren't convinced about their morals or you know, you're not feeling comfortable because at the end of the day, you're aligning your brands. Uh, if you can't use them as, as a testimonial um, or as a, a person of reference because you're not convinced about sort of people's opinion of them, then why are you wanting to work with them? It, it goes beyond just that, oh yeah, I want the money. Uh, and, it, and it begins to look at the bigger picture of, is this worth it? And actually, is the money worth the potential hassle? I have not worked with people for a number of different reasons, one of them being the their way that they refer to their customers. I've had a customer recently who isn't overly respectful about their customers. And thankfully, you know, we've had a conversation around it and we have turned that around. Had that not turned around, I would have terminated the relationship because for me, it's really important that you treat your customers with respect. And that equally, you expect respect and return from your customers. And so today, what I want to be talking around is that that two-way process, that vetting process for you, that vetting process for them. And also um, a few insights, actually, into what to do when these things don't go quite to plan. And it does seem like every every week seems to have a theme. And, you know, the last sort of seven, eight days have had that theme of, tricky customers and not just for myself but for um, clients as well I don't know if it's the weather the moon uh, the fact that people claiming of lockdown the fact that people are frustrated I do not know but there seems to be a lot of tricky conversations going on at the moment and so it's how to sort of approach those um, and think about those so that they are sensible and there's a solution for everybody involved a key thing when you're embarking on these relationships sense check it, figure out actually how convinced am I about this person? Would I let this person into my house? Now, what I mean by that is, you know, we have a home-based office, so it's down the bottom of the garden. Um, and you know, it's a great little office that we've got. You go through the house, you can alternatively not go through the house, but we tend to bring people through the house. It's that idea of, would you, would you be happy with meeting that person, um, and sitting down with them at your dining room table for a chat? Um, if you're like, no, I really don't like them, don't want them anywhere near me um, and my house with them, I would rather not work with them. Um, and that tends to be my measure. Now, lots of people have lots of, I was talking to somebody the other day and they said, oh yeah, if you're not willing to go on a, on a journey with them, if you're not willing to go on a flight with them and spend some time with them, some time where you potentially get stuck with them, um, then then again, that's sort of their benchmark. So everyone has their own sort of benchmark on how willing am I to work with this person? Um, what can I put up with? Um, there's been lots of um, evidence um, and research done around this and people would rather work with somebody they get on with than somebody who is highly skilled at their job um, who they don't get on with as well. And that's actually the employment of somebody, you know, so actually employing a contractor or somebody to do a task for you. So that's quite an insight into how important it is that you get on what do you do how do you how do you create this this mutual environment what do you do when this goes wrong well creating it starts right at the beginning in your sales call yesterday I was speaking to somebody and we were working through their sales call and the first thing they said was thank you for your time and I was straight away like there with one of my little orange post-it notes noting down um so that you know actually I could use that as a bit of a post and a bit of a tip that actually regularly people set the scene and start this relationship with themselves on the back foot why should you thank that person for their time you are about to solve one of the biggest problems they currently have in their business so why does that why why should you be thanking them for that so 
it's an, it's an interesting thing, but it's it's the start of a relationship. And if you start that relationship, you know, as if that person's doing you a favor, you're about to do them a huge favor. You're about to signpost them towards resources and a solution for the problem they're experiencing. They should be thanking you for their time. And I'm not expecting you to go that far, but it's a mutual relationship and it's mutually beneficial. Yes, the expectation is if all goes well and they're a good fit, then they're going to hand over their money, but they're handing over their money in return for a solution to a problem they currently have. Who needs who? And I think that's a really important thing. And you know, just because that person needs you and they need what you have doesn't mean they can't get it from elsewhere. Okay, so don't get ahead of ourselves here. It's not about, oh, they need me. That's it. It's, it's about appreciating that actually it's mutually beneficial. So there's no need to thank that person for their time. Um, equally, as you go through the sales call, having those sense checks, figuring out, do I want to work with you? Um, picking up on things and with the questions that you ask, figuring out actually what are you going to be like to work with? I was talking to one of my clients and we were talking around, actually, we don't want people who come into the process and don't commit to it. It's not going to get them results and they're going to churn quicker. So they're going to leave then you have to replace that person. So, you know, being clear with that person over the level of commitment involved, some people will say, well, you're going to put people off. Yes, you are going to put people off, but you're going to put the people off who, you know, are we're more than likely not going to be committed. If you back that up, if you say to them, outline the commitment involved, both financially and time, uh, and, you know, and, and relate that back to the needs that they're trying to fulfill, that person can tell, you know, they're the best person to say whether or not the fulfillment of that need is worth that level of commitment. And if when that information is provided to them on a plate and that, that solution is provided to them on a plate, they're not convinced, then they're not going to be convinced when the going gets that bit tougher. So it's always worth bearing that in mind. So what happens if you get into this relationship and the person isn't putting their weight or they're being difficult, or they're not being respectful. Well, I think that's probably um, the, the sort of key themes that we come across is, you know, they're not putting their weight, they're not doing the work required, um, or they are being difficult. So they're taking up a lot of time, they're being time consuming, um, but not necessarily appreciating. And I think that's the big difference there is, is you do get some people who, are, who acknowledge that. Um, and when there's the acknowledgement there, um, it's a different scenario to when somebody's just outright playing the system and trying to leech things as, as much as possible. Um, and then you've got, you know, the third scenario of somebody being disrespectful. Now, you know, I think all three need to be nipped in the bud. Um, there's no point in burying your head in the sand, complaining to other people about it. You need to communicate it. You need to speak to that person. You need to know that, let them know that parameters have been crossed. So, you know, if they're not pulling their weight, and you know it's normally in a in a service scenario. It can be a product that they're not using or they haven't got around to using. And this can happen a lot when you are beta testing, and you are not charging people or you're charging people a minimal amount. That exchange of money makes a big difference to people's commitment and focus. Um, speaking to an organisation which does, um, they provide um, technology to uh, third world countries and uh, they were saying that actually they charge a very minimal fee but they do charge a fee because they have noticed the difference between organizations where they charge a fee for that technology 
and organizations where they just put it in free of charge. Um, and the free of charge people, they don't use it. They don't utilize it in the same way because they haven't invested in it. It's been a nice thing. And then that's it. It sits there and it does nothing. Whereas those which have done had to make a financial investment into it are much more likely to be resourceful and make sure they earn that money back on it, um, which is, which is, you know, it's really interesting um, and, and gives you a real insight into human nature. So, you know, if that person isn't pulling their weight, it's understanding why they're not. And you can't, you can assume which assumptions um, are bad. Uh, you know, they're not helpful. You don't know anything from it. What you learn is the things that you have conversations with people about. Now, I'm not t- saying that everybody you're going to speak to and everyone who's doing this is your ideal customer who's just lost their way slightly. You know, they could be somebody who is not your ideal customer. <laughs> their head's not in the right place. Their focus isn't in the right place. But you need to understand why. You need to understand why that person is where they are. Where did they start off at? Did you think that actually they were going to be a really good candidate? What went wrong? Um, you know, and looking at my academy, you know, you've got different levels of performance within there. You've got people who are dealing with, you know, procrastination and other things going on in their personal lives who you could have never have predicted six weeks ago when we embarked on the academy. So what's going on for that person and how can you best support them? Um, You can only know that by having a conversation about it and asking them. So, you know, off the back of that, you can make decisions together and that's a much better position to be in. Um, You know, moving on to the second potential thing, which is, is that person is being difficult. So, you know, we've all had those clients who they ring you late at night. They want things yesterday. They complain about everything. (laughs) You know, they're not they're not helping themselves um, and, and it's everybody else's fault yeah I'm sure that's ringing um, some um, bells of recognition with some of you in that instance what do you do well again it's about having a conversation with that person um, and it's determining where they're coming from and it's being very clear with the boundaries it's also looking at what you've done you know have you made it clear from the beginning is this person just flouting the rules or do they not understand the rules? Do they not understand where the boundaries are? Um, and, you know, and, and what's their take on it? Are they demanding it? Are they, you know, apologizing um, and, you know, acknowledging the fact that this isn't ideal, but on this occasion. And I think, you know, sometimes you just have to toe a tough line with them. If that tough line doesn't work, then it's deciding what do you want to do next? You know, what can you do? Um, you know, and, and tricky conversations can be around all sorts. But at the end of the day, if it's not working out, um, then, you know, or, you know, in the third instance, that person is being disrespectful, they're being rude, they're, they're being difficult, um, which interestingly, um, looking at um, the guarantee that I put out within the academy, you know, I think that for some people that has put people into a mindset of they want to make sure they toe the line, not to get the result, but to make sure that they're in a position where they can claim a money back guarantee, <laughs> which is very backwards when some people within the academy have already made back two to three times the investment they made in being there. So, you know, why is that? Well, partly that's down to me because I've provided that goal. I've provided that thought process and that person has stuck with that idea, you know, been very diligent on documenting what they've been doing and everything else. Um, but they've kind of lost sight, the sight of the point of them being in there is to help them to grow their business. But actually, you know, their focus has become more about 
protecting that investment and ensuring they can get it back rather than making the most of it. That comes through. Particularly, I've been really fortunate in the conversations that I'm having with people that people are running through the same process. You know, you have 25 people running through the same process. In that process, you can determine, you see the differences. You see the differences, obviously, in personality, but the differences within people's outlook and how proactive they are. And you can see the difference between the people who are towing the line, ticking the boxes, and those which are going and taking that information and running with it and making the most of the opportunity. It's kind of inspiring and really sad at the same time, because on the one hand, you've got a really um, a really positive environment, but then you, know, you can go from one call, which is really positive, and that person is really proactive, really into it, implementing everything, And then you've got the other person who is ticking the boxes. Now, we've all been in corporate environments, um, you know, um, where this can happen quite a lot, where somebody is just ticking along, they're doing the bare minimum. It can be really frustrating. Um, It's very interesting to see. Um, And, you know, these people don't tend to be very happy. Um, And, you know, it's not a nice place to be in. Um, And I think a lot of the time, going back to conversations that I've had, um, like the conversation with Leah last week about getting, um, you know, out of your own way, is, you know, you can you can get yourself in a in your head in a rut. Um, It's not a nice place to be. It's not enjoyable. And so, you know, it's being aware of that. Um, and what you can do around it Um, and and if you can help them Um, if that person isn't being respectful if they are being difficult um, if they you know aren't appreciating um, or meeting you part way with any effort or if they're making claims that are just totally unfounded then you know it makes sense to end that relationship um, before and, and and find some sort of amicable solution so you know a part repayment or whatever it might be um on the 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 financial investment they've made to to end that relationship so that you know you're both in a better position not no longer being there um and so you know sometimes that's that's the best thing to do is to to cut your losses you know you're not going to be right for everybody and i was having a really interesting conversation this week with somebody who was saying that you know, actually, even when you're doing a service, it's your knowledge you're selling, you're not selling you, and it's not a reflection on you as a person, and it shouldn't be, um, you know, it's it's a separate, still a separate entity, um, and it's, you know, it's worth bearing that in mind, and, and keeping that in mind when these things happen, um, that, you know, if it starts affecting you negatively, um, and, and that person's, you know, negatively affecting you, that you're you're negatively affecting that person it's just not a good fit and that's fine you know you are not for everybody um but there are some people that you can really truly help so you're better off spending that time and that effort on people who are going to get the results who you can help and who appreciate your help um and so you know those are the sorts of conversations you have to have with yourself sometimes it can be tough um, one of my clients got the first negative feedback um, of, of its kind 
um, in you know over twenty odd years of business, and um, last week, um, and they were really upset and really bothered them. They obviously took it really personally because it's very difficult. You know, I've said, yeah, you know, you separate out yourself from your business and stuff, but at the end of the day, you're giving your all. It's your passion. And um, when somebody kind of turns around and says something which is was really unfounded, actually, and really harsh, um, you know, it's it's one of those things that you just have to put down as more of a reflection on that person than it is on on you um if you were to get that feedback on a regular basis if you didn't have to wait 20 odd years for that feedback then you know you could think actually there's something in this and i need to act on it and i think you know it's always sensible to have that little thought process and work that thought process through of you know is there anything i can learn from this um there normally is um it normally stems back to original conversations where you think i should have picked up on that there um but it's you know don't kick yourself make a note of it and, and help yourself to not make sure it doesn't happen again so you know my my advice to my customer in in this scenario was to was to sort of you know reply thank them for their feedback um and and point out further information they might want to look at before saying things like that um and you know what what more can you do you can't convince everybody you don't want to take a very long time um you are better off working on the people who do appreciate what you do Um, and so that would be my advice is you know it's all very easy for me to sit here and say but if you can um is to you know focus your time on the people that you are getting results with and let the ones who it being difficult, who are being problematic, who don't appreciate where you're coming from or what you're doing, um, who aren't towing the, the line and putting in the effort to, um, you know, let them go and find something that is more suitable for them uh, would be my advice on it. Now, you know, you can think, well, I really need the money. You do. But actually, if that person is taking up a considerable amount of your time think about how you could use that time to find a better customer um you know it's a, again it's a bit of a mindset thing on on the abundance there are customers potential customers everywhere but whilst you're wasting your time on one which isn't appreciating you but is keeping you super busy uh you don't have that time to go out and find those ones that you can get great results with who will appreciate what you do and what you're doing one of my clients was saying that you know they are tired of working with people who are being difficult who aren't towing the line who aren't helping out who aren't getting involved and at the end of the day it has to be a working relationship it's not it's not too much to expect your customers to meet you part way and and you know work with you on things work through with you on things um, i have a friend who works as a as a project manager and they work alongside some huge companies and they're, they're yes they're their supplier but it's a working relationship. You know, you have the teams working together. If there's a problem with production, it's not a case of, well, that's not on and, you know, it's all your fault and we're going to find somebody else. They work through it because that's what makes sense to do. Um, these things happen with business. These things happen um, in production. <laughs> you know, you just have to find a solution for it and work around together. So, working together it's a really great opportunity when you have long-term relationships that you can build with customers to have um, to build on those relationships and um, and make the most of them for mutual benefit so you know remember that there's there's nothing wrong with expecting um, your customer to treat you with respect to appreciate what you do um, you know we don't have to be praised all the time but there's a massive difference between working with people who do appreciate your work and those which 
are just rinsing things for as much as they possibly can for as little as they can possibly pay. So mutual respect. Do the sense checking. Figure out is this the person, the sort of person I want to work with. And if it materializes that they're not, then address it and find a solution, whatever that might be, um, as quickly as possible so that you can move on from that scenario and not get stuck with clients and scenarios that you're really struggling with. So there you go, guys. That's it for me today. I hope you have enjoyed that. And I will be here same time next week. I'm going to be doing a few questions next week. So if you have any questions for me, then please do send them in. Um, you can either send them to sarah at sellingwithoutsleaze.com or you can jump into my free Facebook group, Selling Without Sleaze. Um, nice and consistent there with the name so that it helps you to remember what to do and where to go. Uh, thanks very much for listening. I um, hope you and your customers are having a lovely week and getting on fine and dandy. And I will see you again next week. Bye for now. Thanks for listening to the Selling Without Sleeves podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please head over to iTunes or Stitcher or wherever you're listening from to leave us a review. It's a good way for us to know what you like so we can create more of it.